نحمد ونستعين ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Indeed all praise is due to Allah and as such we should praise him seek his help and seek refuge in Allah from the evil which is within ourselves and the evil which results from our deeds for whomsoever Allah has guided none can misguide and whomsoever Allah has allowed to go astray none can guide And I bear witness that there is no god worthy of worship but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the last messenger of Allah. Inna asdaqal hadith kitabullah wa khayra hadi hadi Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa sharral umuri muhdathatuha wa kull muhdathatin bid'ah wa kull bid'atin dalalah Indeed the most truthful form of speech is the book of Allah and the best source of guidance was the guidance brought by Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the worst of all affairs are the innovations in religion for indeed every innovation in religion is a cursed innovation and all cursed innovation is misguidance and all misguidance leads ultimately to the hellfire brothers and sisters in continuation from the previous khutbah of last week which focused on tawhid the central principle of islam the essential message which all of the prophets of allah brought as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had said in the quran himself that he sent to every nation messengers وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا Telling them to worship Allah and to give up the worship of false gods. أَنْ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهُ وَجْتَنِبُ التَّعُودِ This was the essence of the message. So Tawheed, though it has aspects which have to do with consciousness of Allah as the creator awareness that all that takes place in this world is in accordance with his will submission to the decisions that he has made for us in our lives because he is all powerful knowing that he is all merciful knowing 
that he is aware of everything that we do. Knowing that all that takes place in this world is by his plan. It has all been recorded already. Nothing happens which he didn't already know. That is a part of Tawheed, an important part, which has practical implications in our day-to-day life. Because it is knowing this aspect of Tawheed which allows us to handle the various trials and tribulations that each and every one of us are faced with in our lives. None of us lives a life without trials and tribulations. The question is, how do we handle these trials and tribulations? Do we allow them to overwhelm us? To send us into states of distress? To cause us to give up hope? To commit suicide? No. If we have understood these aspects of Tawheed, then we know ultimately whatever happens to us is a part of the plan, of the divine plan. And Allah only wants good for us. So it is only a matter of being patient with these trials and taking from them the good. The good which will become evident after some time, soon or later, but ultimately knowing that it's all for the good. So that those aspects of aspects of Tawheed are essential for us in that respect. But the most important aspect of Tawheed is in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Because he said, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have only created the jinn and humankind for my worship. In order to worship me. That they would worship me in all aspects of their lives. That was the most important and it remains the most important part of Tawheed. And the other parts of Tawheed, though very important as I said to day-to-day life, if we fumble, we stumble, and we make mistakes in that part, Allah can forgive it. He can forgive it. Depending 
on our intentions and how deep our fumblings and stumblings are. Prophet Muhammad gave us a picture in his sunnah telling us about a man of the past who when the time for death came when he knew he was going to die he felt he was going to die he told his sons that when he died they should take his body and burn it burn it till all that remained were ashes and these ashes they should sprinkle in the sea and sprinkle in the winds on the land scatter his ashes as far and as wide as possible because as he told them I fear that Allah would judge me, would take a hold of me and judge me for the sins that I have done. So his dutiful sons did as he requested when he died. And after they had sprinkled his ashes, in the sea and in the winds on the land Allah commanded all of his ashes all of his microscopic atomic body parts to come back together again and he asked him why did you do that and the man respond, responded saying, I did that out of fear of you, O Allah. I feared your judgment. So Allah forgave him and put him in paradise. Now the idea that one would think that Allah could not bring him together again means what? Resurrection. The concept of resurrection that we will be brought back together and be judged by Allah. That is an essential pillar of our faith. That's belief in the last day. Like from the six pillars of Iman. He had a problem. He didn't understand that pillar, obviously. This was a mistake. But he did. However, because of his fear of Allah, Allah overlooked that error. An error which he innocently made. It wasn't intended. It was innocent. So Allah forgave him. Forgave him. 
and gave him paradise because of his fear of Allah that he feared Allah more than anything and that is an essential aspect of the worship of Allah that we seek his pleasure above all else that we fear his displeasure above all else this is the essence of our worship so errors and I'm not saying that to say well okay it means that those people are going to the tombs and praying to others besides Allah you know people are doing all kinds of shirk that it's okay don't worry about them all they, we need to focus on is ibadah no because the shirk that they're doing is shirk in ibadah that is the one which Allah says will never be forgiven Allah said this is in surah and nisa in Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bihi wa yaghfiru ma duna dhalika liman yasha he will not forgive the association of partners to him in his worship but he will forgive what is less than that to whomsoever he wishes why in the worship it is so critical but in other things it is not this is a problem which many people question they raise questions for muslims why if mother teresa did, does all this good she was known to have dedicated her life to helping the poor and the needy a true servant of the people but just over that small point that little point that she believed Jesus was God and worshiped him she will go to hell forever if she died in that state then of course that is the the fact we can't say as muslims mother teresa is going to hell we can't say that because we don't know what was her state at the end but if it is that she died believing that allah was actually jesus and she worshiped jesus instead of allah then all of the good that she did will not benefit her in the life to come and she will be in hell forever so those who see the great good that she did question how why such a small point 
that you're going to say you believe she'll be in hell forever and she did all this good? Why? Because it's not a small point. That's the whole point. It's not a small point. It is the biggest point. It is the greatest point. Which is why Prophet Muhammad had said, Man qala la ilaha illallah dakhala al-jannah. Whoever says, in the number of narrations, sincerely from his or her heart, there is no God worthy of worship but Allah will enter paradise. It doesn't mean they may not go to hell. Depending on what else they did in life. Maybe they will go to hell for a period of time. Because Allah is just. He is forgiving. But He is just. So there will be people who will be punished in hell for a period of time. But because they said La ilaha illallah knowing its meaning sincerely from their hearts Allah will take them out of hell eventually and put them in paradise. So Tawheed Al-Ibadah Worshipping Allah is the most important aspect of our lives. That that worship be pure. This is what is most essential to our lives. And this is what ultimately will make the difference in the life to come. All of Tawheed is important. But the most important part of Tawheed is to worship Allah alone. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. Ask Allah to forgive myself and yourselves and call on you to turn to him to seek his forgiveness for none can forgive sins except him. All praise is due to Allah and may Allah's peace and blessings be on the last messenger of Allah. As I said, the most important part of Tawheed is worshipping Allah, ensuring that we establish the correct worship of Allah. Meaning that there is nothing, nothing that we allow to get 
between us and Allah. No intermediation. No one to take our prayers to Allah for us. We call on no one in worship besides Allah. We do not, we should not put in our masjids on either side of the mihrab, Ya Allah, Ya Muhammad. This is a common feature in mosques today around the world. Ya Allah, fine. Ya Allah, fine. That's perfectly okay. In fact, that's what we should say. Ya Allah. But Ya Muhammad, problem. We have a big problem with Ya Muhammad. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because what do we mean? When we say Ya Allah, Oh Allah, we're addressing Allah, Oh Allah, guide me. Oh Allah, help me. Oh Allah, Make my life better. O oh Allah, heal me. But when we say, Ya Muhammad, O oh Muhammad, what? Ya Muhammad, what? Help me. And people do that. That is the essence of shirk. Ya Muhammad, heal me. Shirk. Ya Muhammad, guide me. Shirk. This is a plague in the Ummah today. It is a plague whereby Muslims in ignorance have dedicated their lives to the worship of other than Allah. So this is the challenge that those of us who have come to that understanding have awoken to the shirk to the grave sin of calling on the Prophet ﷺ in worship, it becomes a responsibility on our shoulders to carry this message to those around us, those that are close to us, especially our loved ones, to help them come to that understanding, to save them. Zalah tells us, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, qu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara. Oh, you believe, save yourselves and your families from the hellfire. That is our responsibility. And it's a big challenge. 
Because what has become a norm in the Muslim world today, this shirk, shirk al-akbar, major shirk, has become a norm today. So that those who question it, those who challenge it, are labeled as deviants, Wahhabis, Ali Hadith, a variety of other names which are bad names in their eyes. It has reached that state, an evil state. So that when we invite them to Allah, to the worship of Allah, as Allah said in the time of Muhammad wasallam, when he invited people to Allah, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ تَعَالَوْا إِلَى مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ قَالُوا حَسْبُنَا مَا وَجَدْنَا عَلَيْهِ أَبَانَا when you say to them, come to what Allah has revealed, to the worship of Allah, they say, what we found our foreparents doing is sufficient for us. And that is the response we get today. When we invite our families to the worship of Allah alone, you mean our parents were wrong? They were misguided? Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they were all misguided? Only you are guided? No, what we found our parents doing is good enough for us. They were good people. And they were following the way of their foreparents. And we will follow their way. The same answer, repeated. So we have a big challenge. We have a great job to do. It was the job of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's what he faced. And he has handed down the legacy of Islam to us. And that's what we face. And that is the struggle, the ultimate struggle, until the last day of this world. When Dajjal comes, and the Prophet ﷺ had said, before the coming of Ad-Dajjal, Al-Masih Ad-Dajjal, the Antichrist, there will be 40 Dajjalun Kadhabun. 40 other Dajjals, little Dajjals, liars. All of them telling people that they are messengers of Allah. Like Mirza Ghulam of the Ahmadis. Elijah Muhammad in America. Muhammad Taha in the Sudan. 
Baha'u'llah in Iran, they will come up and they will make that claim. But Al-Masih al-Dajjal, the Antichrist, he will call people to his worship. He will tell people, I am Allah. And he will do the miracles which will convince people that he is Allah. I know, yes, we do have in India Sai Baba who says he is God incarnate. So we have some of them too. But what he's doing to prove to people that he is Allah is nothing. In the middle of his talks, he starts to choke. And as he chokes, he brings out in his hand a golden egg. That's one of his big miracles. Well, we all know about the duck that laid the golden egg. No big deal. What the Jal is going to do is he is going to point to the skies and it will rain. He will point to the land which is barren and vegetation will grow in it. He will cut a man in half and bring his half body together again. He will tell a man, if I bring your parents back to life, will you then believe that I am Allah? The man will say, yes, if you can do that, resurrection, then you've got to be God. And it will appear to him, his father and his mother will come alive before him. And they will say to him, oh my young son, follow him, believe in him, because he is Allah. This is the challenge. This is the challenge to come. And the essence of that challenge is, who do we worship? Will we worship Dajjal when he comes? Have we understood the worship of Allah and what it means? That will determine which way we go at that time. And that's what determines which way we go in this life. So, my brothers and sisters, we have a big job ahead of us. One in which Allah has chosen us, each and every one of us here. Allah has chosen us to understand this essential point. It is a blessing. But it is a responsibility. A responsibility that we should feel heavy on our shoulders. We should not take it lightly. 
We should feel the weight of responsibility for that knowledge and that guidance which Allah has given us, has blessed us with. Through His grace, He has favored us. And we should work day and night to carry that message forward. To take it to those around us. That was the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is why Allah tells us in Allahu Malaikatahu Yusalluna Alan Nabi. We are called to pray for Muhammad to ask Allah's mercy for him because he dedicated his life to this job. He showed us the way, a life dedicated to guiding humankind to the worship of Allah. I ask Allah SWT to help us to rededicate our lives to put aside the petty materialistic emotional issues that we use to overcloud or to block that responsibility i ask allah to help us to remove these and to come back to what is most important in our lives. I ask Allah to remove the petty concerns that we have, where we spend much of our time backbiting, spreading rumors, slandering, talking about people, gossip, where we waste our time in such foolishness. Bringing and heaping upon ourselves sin. I ask Allah to help us to wake up to the realities of our duty to Allah. Our duty to fulfill the legacy of Rasulullah. I ask Allah to help us to bring the worship of Allah, Tawheed in its essence, back into our lives. I ask Allah to forgive what has gone before, our negligence, our ignorance, our failings, whereby we have wasted so much of our lives and our time in other than the most important pursuit of our life. To establish the worship of Allah in our lives and in the lives around us. I ask Allah to allow us to realize its importance and to commit ourselves to the worship to La ilaha illallah. Aqim salah.